It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're Friday Night Games. We want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board gaming adventures. Our podcast lands every Friday, and we create content for Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. This episode is sponsored by TabletopRenaissance.ca, located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. They have a web store, so you can check out TabletopRenaissance.ca if you're a board gaming and tabletop miniature needs. But... Since this is last game standing, we also want to talk about our other great local board game stores. We also have Brimstone Games, the CG Realm, Area Outpost 42. So they, I believe, all shipped Canada-wide. So check out their websites and get some board games to your house. Awesome. So on today's show, we're going to be talking about Episode 4 of Friday Night Games, last space game, epic space game of all time, Standing. Starting with five amazing content creators and five amazing board games that are space-themed, one game will be voted off each week until there's only one game left standing. Okay, John, so on the last show, what did we get rid of? I think we got rid of Twilight Imperium. Oh, man. Thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this. This is. I feel like we're going to get a lot of heck for this because I think that's an unpopular opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's voted up there as one of the best games of all time. But is it the best space game of all time? I mean, that's what this is all about. Like, we're we are going to be like the the main vote for this. Like, this is just going to be industry standard moving forward. Right. I I hope so. But also, you got to remember, this is the not the worst game. Right. Right. Everything has a worst part of it. This is like, oh, you're just not you're not the greatest. You're not the worst. You're just in the middle. So okay, Twilight Imperium had to go because yeah. it's the greatest. People will argue it's the greatest game. Right. Not me. <laughs> but other people will argue that. So That's true. That's true. Yes. Okay. So we have three games left, which is Eclipse, Nemesis, and Battlestar Galactica, the board game. All solid choices. Going to be tough tough to move forward. Right. So on today's show, we are joined by Chad, Adam, and Ryan of, of Dice and Men. Today, they're going to help us vote off one of the following Nemesis, rep by Meeple Mentor. Battlestar Galactica, rep by Of Dice and Men, which is you fine gentlemen joining us today. And finally, Eclipse, repped by the Meeple Dungeon. Okay, so Chad, Adam, and Ryan, tell everyone where they could find Of Dice and Men. Well, let me start by saying, I don't think we should vote, you know, Battlestar Galactica off, because I think it's pretty cool. I, just, <laughs> I think we should just start strong with that. Let's just avoid okay. that one and think about which of the other two we're going to avoid off. Okay, well, I don't want to tell you that everyone else vote. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You can save that till later. You can be a surprise. I will. Yeah. But, so I'm Adam, and, and I think the best person who can tell you where you can find all the cool of Dyson Men stuff is probably my man, Chad McCallum, who is basically runs of Dyson Men, and we wouldn't even be here without him. Chad, I wouldn't go that far. I, I wouldn't know. go that far. Or, uh, you know, if you want, Chad, you could make Ryan do it because he is the one who registered the Twitter handle. Of Dyson Men, uh, for the most part, we're a podcast. We've been going for about five years, and you can find us on all, all the wonderful podcasting sites. Shop there. I was going to say Shopify, not Shopify. Spotify, iTunes, all, all those wonderful places. Just search for Of Dyson Men and you'll find our wonderful back catalog of, of about 100 or so episodes. And our most active social media is Twitter, which Ryan will gladly tell you the handle to. At of underscore underscore and underscore men. 
Thank you, underscores. That's why you don't get the computer literate person to create the Twitter handle because they just think that lots of extra punctuation is what the cool kids are doing these days on their computer machines. So we've paid for that every episode for the last five years. All thanks to Ryan. It's memorable. Who doesn't remember all these underscores? We've got it is memorable. Yeah, we have an underscore on our Instagram. Yeah, we do. We have to. But do you? But do you have five? No. I mean. We could. There's a severe lack of underscores in Friday right. Night Games. Right. <laughs> we actually changed it. I don't think it was Friday Night GMS originally, for Twitter at least. It was something else. It was like Friday Night Games official? No, no, you can't do that long. I don't know what it was. It was like Friday Night Games or something. Oh, Friday Night Games? Yeah. Something Friday Night. Of course, yeah. if you're feeling adventurous, you could check out ofdiceandmen.ca and see, you know, huge amounts of content that we haven't updated since 2017. Right. <laughs> the historical archives are our attempts at having like a blog. But it does have a link to our Twitter handle, so you don't have to remember True. all the underscores. There you go. Perfect. All right. So how did uh, the three of you get into content creation? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I was, I was sitting at work, and uh, one of my friends, Corey, has a show on our local community radio station. He just think it's like a punk metal music show and he was like the the station's looking for content and you guys you know you you know a lot about board games you like talking about board games you, you should consider you know putting a talk show or something together and then i naturally reached out to the most wordy person i know adam and i, I knew uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I actually knew Adam through uh, different tech events and stuff we had done in the city and uh, i knew he was really into board games so i reached out to him he suggested ryan and we we started on the local radio station do you guys remember the call sign? 95 point, no, 93.2? <laughs> Dang it. I don't know. We haven't we haven't been on the station for a while. Okay. <laughs> Did you get CJTR 91.3 Regina. 91.3. I was so close. <laughs> what what time of day was your show played at? We had like a Sunday at 7 slot or something like it that. It was a Sunday evening and then we got replayed during the day as but it was <laughs> live nice. Sunday. I mean, we did it. Live. Was live. It, was, it, yes. was, it was awesome. And it was on the radio. It wasn't just a wow. podcast. I mean, yeah, sure, we podcasted, but we were radio stars. You were legit. You were like where podcasting people want to go. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's went, what I kept saying. You went backwards. How did that... <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not very good. That's the, the problem. Right? Getting a job in another city. <laughs> Uh, I left the two. It, it was, it's funny because we, we had this community radio show and I liked it because we were reaching an audience that wouldn't normally listen to a show about board games because yeah. you have like, well, it's community radio. We had a lot of seniors listening to us probably <laughs> on our Sunday evenings and Tuesday mornings or whenever it was. But then I, I got a job in Saskatoon, which is about two and a half hours away. And I actually a couple of times drove to Regina on a Sunday night to record the show and i was like this is wow. stupid like i'm so it's after midnight by the time i'm getting home because then we'd go to the pub afterwards just pub. sort of decompress after the radio show right so then that's like two in the morning so now you're like <laughs> super tired yeah yeah i think yeah. we only did that two or three twice. times and then we were I like it was twice right because i yeah, remember even calling it before because he's like no no it'll oh, be yeah. fine and i'm like i guarantee he he does it twice and then he's done and, and it happened <laughs> whatever it was well it we twice. we did we did another show after that because ryan tried to call in and there's i don't right. know if you guys have ever been in a live radio booth but there's like 500 dials and switches and buttons and stuff and ryan's like phoning off on the left side and adam's talking all this filler nonsense while i'm fiddling with the controls <laughs> trying to get him live yeah. and we abandoned we abandoned that about two minutes in and then uh yeah we we went on online after that nice yeah we have a radio station here that's like a community radio station cjam fm and it it, it airs here in windsor and in detroit 
and they're really focused on like the local music scene so when i was in my bands we were a big part of on that station so i kind of know where you guys are coming from with that so yeah that's for cool. sure yeah it was it was fun but then yeah but ryan moved away it's all his fault we <laughs> ended up going online uh and yeah we've we've been doing it online since thereby left a huge hole in the culture of regina <laughs> unfortunately did did you have any like groupies like anyone call in and be like where's that board game show that we used to listen to every sunday i don't even think our spouses listen to us <laughs> <they're like groupies. laughs> I mean, I mean, Sweden, we're, we're huge, as I recall. <laughs> in Sweden, that's true. Right? We, we've got we're lots big of in downloads. Sweden. Sweden. Really? Yeah. Really? Very true. Well, by huge, I think there was a few. But it's huge <laughs> to us. I was like, how many people do I know in Sweden? It was great. We were looking at our stats in SoundCloud, and like, there's, there's a guy that has consistently listened to every single episode we've ever released. So we had, we had a fan overseas, which was cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You should like figure out who that is and like send them like a sticker or send something. Them swag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sure. That'd be great. Cup, mug, I don't know, something. <laughs> then we got to make a shirt goodies. and a cup and a mug. This is a great plan. Let's do this. <laughs> no, we got to send them like a bag of a bag of ketchup chips and cheesies oh, and coffee crisps. You know, yeah, you all, chips all the Canadian any Canadian gift swag box needs ketchup chips. <laughs> I think all dressed. A lot of them don't know what all dressed chips are. That's true. Yeah. I was I had some all dressed chips before I got here. I know, they're delicious. <laughs> they're they're great. <laughs> okay, well that wow, that's that's really interesting. So make sure you check out of dysonmen.ca for their <laughs> two thousand seventeen catalog and uh, all the rest. Just for the Twitter handle. And then <laughs> and then go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> make sure, no, but definitely check out all their stuff. It's it's great. Okay, so you're here to vote off a game because that's what you want to do, and you're hoping that's not Battlestar Galactica. So the three games left. You better watch out for me. <laughs> yeah, John's. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, they, no one's listened to it yet. They no one's listened to the episodes yet, so they don't know that you've been gunning for it. Oh yeah, I've been voting Battlestar oh, Galactica every episode. I think. Sorry. That's a shame. Sorry guys. <laughs> I, I actually defended it. I got it not voted off last week. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Or well, I guess not a spoiler alert for everybody. Spoiler alert for you. <laughs> just us. Just us. <laughs> Alright, so with those three games, Nemesis, Battlestar Galactica, and Eclipse, we're gonna listen to everyone's answer for the question of the week, which is what mechanic in the game blew your mind? Describe originality, describe uniqueness, and why is it the best? for those mechanics. Okay, let's give it a listen. John, what mechanic blew your mind? Okay, so the best mechanic in this game is called malfunctions. They're also distributed into the same pile with the ship components. So basically when you get one, it tells you that you have to mimic or do some sort of action that takes you out of the game without notifying the other players. So there's one time I got this airlock malfunction. The mechanic was unique because we've never really seen it before. And everyone I've played it with loves the mechanic, even though it gets really old after you play the game a million times. Basically, Just kidding. What, basically <laughs> what's going on is you get the airlock malfunction. You have to pretend like you're floating off into space and it takes you completely out of the game. And then while other people are yelling at you, Someone has someone has a card that's able to get you back into the game, and they just got to figure that out. Yeah, I I love that mechanic. I mean, you just you're just kind of like doing some sort of charades or something, yeah, and, and like, people got people got to figure out. Or like, I think like one of them, you have to like keep your hands on a card, and people are just like, "What are you doing?" And you can't even hint, <laughs> right? So it's actually really funny, like to like see how the team solves those issues. Yeah. Although once you play enough times, it kind of gets boring, you know, because you've seen. It a bunch of no, times. the game is exciting all the time. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> it's very original. Please do not yeah. vote it off. Yeah. We, we know it's going to win anyway. Right. We rigged this thing. Don't vote on my I mean, space team. <laughs> 
what game mechanic in the game blew your mind? What's original, unique? Why is it the best? We've kind of said it a little bit in the past in some of these other answers, but for me, I think what is really unique and really original is the concept of not knowing what anyone else is really going for, not knowing a lot of what's happening in the game. Everything that happens to you in this game uh, is very emergent. Now, it does it's not random in the sense of mm -hmm. like rolling dice is completely random. There mm -hmm. is dice rolling in here, but there's also strategy and then there's also adaptability and you have a lot of Really a lot of options. You have too. a lot of options mm -hmm. with the cards that you have. And every character is unique, which has uh, unique cards, unique abilities, unique traits. And again, with the objectives themselves being dealt out, you have a lot of choices on how to approach the game if you want to be, you know, you can basically sometimes choose if you're going to be mean or helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really unique experience because you never know when you play the game, based on who you're playing with, what kind of experience you're going to have. Yeah. I think for me, like one of the more maybe unique mechanisms of the game is the card play. Mm. You know, everybody's going to have their own spe special deck of cards for their character, but some of the cards will be similar among the decks. So, you know, repairing doors and stuff like that, you'll have a card. But the cool thing about, about it is, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get two actions on your turn, but you'll end up playing cards for actions. So if you want to move, you play a card, you basically discard a card to move. Or instead, you can play that card for its action. So which some, has its own cost. Which has its own cost, and some sometimes the cost is free. Sometimes, if it's a really powerful card, you have to play it and another card, or two extra, or cards. two, and and it'll limit your options for you know what you're doing in subsequent turns. Right. And in certain rooms, like especially the rooms where you're like checking the engines or you're into the into the cockpit where you're checking to see what the destination is you have to spend two cards to do that action. So what it could result in is that you end up passing earlier than some of the other players. And so if you do that, you're effectively out of that round. Now you're not really waiting that long because rounds aren't that, aren't that long, but you have to be careful because if other people are still playing, then they can impact you even when you're not playing. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they'll need to sort of also watch your back you know, why you're kind of waiting to, you know, to draw back up to your hand of cards and things like that. So I really like that, that card play mechanism a yeah. lot. I'll also add that, you know, as far as the end of the game, that's also very unique to this game mm -hmm. um, because there's so many conditions that have to be met for each player to be able to win. Right. And even though there's traitorous types of things, the trader and the other player could still win simultaneously. You know, like if right. my, if I'm, my goal is to be, you know, is to be the only one alive. I mean, that's that. But right. if you say, like he was mentioning, uh, target player three has to die. Okay, well, then that player died, but I'm going to win with that objective. It, maybe the other players at the table had something else, so those players could still win, mm -hmm. even though there was a traitor among us, right? And, and the fact that you can com completely mess someone up at the very last minute. <laughs> right. In our example, <laughs> I was fighting my way in the escape pod room, uh, trying to get into the escape pod, which there was only one unlocked. Uh, the other one was locked. I didn't have a key or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and the other player had been waiting in the escape pod safely for like three turns. Yep. And every turn he was just like, maybe I'll take off this turn and just leave you. <laughs> right. Because there's there's only enough space for two characters in each pod. But you don't you know, like you don't have to wait till it's full. You can just you can go. Just take off. Right? And that's the kind of thing that really only this game has. Yeah. Yeah, because the tension of if I escape now and I trust that the coordinates are right and the engines are fine, well, then I'm, I'm definitely going to win. 
you know, at least my objective. I, it doesn't really matter about the other players. Yeah. But then in some cases, like with my, I had a card where at least one other player had to survive along with me. So I could have tried to take out like a bad player and still been fine as long as somebody else escaped. Yeah. And, and one of the things too, like the escape pods is one way, but then you can go back and try to do like cryo sleep. But the problem is if you try to initiate cryo sleep, and this was my problem, is you have, problem. To, you have to do a sound check as you're activating that equipment. And so you risk aliens showing up as you're in hyper, you know, hyper sleep, and then they can attack you, they can end the game. I had uh, an alien that was sort of attached to me that could have exploded, you know, uh, burst out of my chest at any moment. Tense. Which is intense, and because event cards can just come up and, and do that. So, um, so I had to like rush really quickly to the medical bay to like take care of that and stuff. So it really creates a, a creative sort of playground for you to do all these interesting things uh, within the sort of the core guidelines or guardrails of the game itself. So for me, su super, super cool mechanics and theme. I totally agree with this completely. And it's just a really awesome game. And again, if you haven't played it, you need to try it. It's really awesome. Yeah, there's nothing really else like it out there. Hello, everybody. I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And we are The Meeple Dungeon. You can find us on Twitter, YouTube, and our own podcast on all the major podcasting sites. We're back again to talk about Eclipse. And we want to talk about what, what mechanism blew us away in this game. Blew our minds. Yeah. And there's a few of them. But we're going to start with one. What, what, what's the first one we're going to talk about, Anne-Marie? The first mechanic that blew our minds was the modular board. Yes, so the modular board. When we when we played this game for the first time, I had like we had never seen a modular board before. Nope, you're, never. You're, you're, you're taking the, the pieces and you're, you're building your own board? It doesn't what? already exist? There's not just a board what? that you play on? You mean it's not going to be the same board you play with every time? It's going to be different every time you play? Yeah, like, like what? That's a thing? It's not a rectangle? It's made up of right? hexes? They're hexes? You get to orient them in any way you want? What? I can make wormholes? Wormholes. And you get to choose what direction those wormholes face and, and limit the, the the ways that your opponents can get onto the tile that you now own? Oh, you, you need a wormhole? Oh, guess what? I'm going to block bad. you here yeah. and you're not going to be able to get where you need. I'm going to make you go around a boat and, and waste your movement. Yeah. And not only are you placing these these tiles down you get to choose from three different oh yeah piles of these tiles do you want a pretty much guaranteed maybe lower lower resource tile or do you want to gamble like higher risk higher reward yeah for like possible like payload payout exactly you can cruise uh, off into, but the, maybe into nothing. the outskirts <laughs> and and you know find some kind of quiet little planets out on the yep. outside but if you want to go into the middle and you want to you want to take your chances you can roll, or you can you can metaphorically roll the dice, pull one of these tiles, and have all sorts of great resources on it. But now, guess what? All of a sudden, you have to defend that tile. Oh yeah, and it's you ancient aliens. Yeah, yeah, and there's ancients that might be coming. Yeah, and you are public enemy number one now, and everyone's trying to take that tile from you. So it's it's really up to you on how you want to do this. Just crazy that you you can make the board yeah. how it's different you every make time. The board how you want, and it's completely different every single time you play it modular board crazy mechanic i had never seen it before never seen it before so never cool. seen it done as well love it ever since <laughs> still game. blows my yeah. mind i love it yes modular board the other part that we're going to talk about is the fact that this game is made up of two very different things yeah it's combining resource management economics pure pure euro yeah game combined with a 
dudes on a map, minis, battle, area control, dice chucking, dice chucking yeah. gong show. Oh. And you combine these games into one harmonic game experience. It, they work so unreal. well together. Yes. It's incredible. It's, it's awesome. There's no other game that's ever pulled this off. It's you just, have, you, if you're a Euro player, you're going to love this game. If you're a minis battling area control player, you're going to love this game. Yeah. Because you, you can just do both. And it's just, they, they work so well together. So well. No game has ever done this. It's just, it's just incredible. No, it's so neat. The, I, I just, oh, it's so cool having, having that modular board, having these two, two different types of games, like mechanics work together know, so well. It's just well. not been done before. The gameplay. Like it's, it's so unique that way. And I'm not a huge Euro gamer, but this is one of the best games I've ever played. Totally entices you to look into it more Euros. It makes me want to play more right? Euros. Yeah, just be like, wow, this is what a Euro can be? Yeah. That is incredible. It I gets didn't think you, it was possible. gets you to dip into different types of yeah. games that maybe you wouldn't have thought you would like. Right. So, it, yeah. yeah this, Multi-purpose, this fantastic mechanics yeah, in this it's game. incredible. Mechanics of the wazoo in Eclipse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yes. Those are the greatest mechanics that this game has to offer. And we're going to run. We're going to see you in the fifth and final episode. Be ready. Be ready. Bye-bye. See ya. Hey, everybody. It's Royce from the Definitely a Board Game Podcast. And we're here once again to extol the virtues of Twilight Imperium. A game who really doesn't need its virtues extolled because it just is the greatest game ever. But let's talk about some of the mechanisms of Twilight Imperium. Really, this is where Twilight Imperium shines. This is the point at which Twilight Imperium just says, I am awesome and you cannot argue. There are so many different mechanisms that I could have chosen because there are so many different things you can do in Twilight Imperium. But I'm really going to just narrow it down to two. And these two mechanisms, I think, really exemplify what is amazing about Twilight Imperium. So first of all, let's talk about choosing of roles. Every turn, you're going to start the turn by choosing a role. Every role has a special power. Every special power will give you advantages, will let you do certain things that round, whatever it might be. And those are all incredible special powers. And there's always going to be certain special powers that you want each turn. Here's where it gets difficult. Each special power is also linked to an order of turn. So either first, last, or somewhere in between. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. And you will never be able to, for sure, or very rarely anyway, be able to get the order that you need and the special power you need to come together. Instead, what you're going to find is you have to make a decision. And you have to make the decision every single time. Do I want to go first? Do I want to go last? Do I just want to make sure I go after George? Because if George goes before me and attacks me first, what's going to happen? But George took number five, and I really need the power of place seven. So what do I do? Do I go for place seven, which gives me the special power I need and hope that George doesn't attack me? Or do I go to four or three and make sure I can go before George, but at the same time, I'm not getting that power? Oh, it's that delicious moment, that tension, that decision. So that's the first one. The second mechanism that you have to talk about when you talk about Twilight Imperium are the technology trees. Twilight Imperium does technology better than any game I've ever seen. It allows you to choose how you want to progress. It allows you to choose how you want to evolve. And so even though you already start with an asymmetrical playing powers, 
you are going to evolve even further. You're going to decide, well, I want this kind of ship, or I want this ability, or I want these weapons, whatever it might be. You're going to evolve to get something different. You're going to choose technology, and every time you choose a technology, it changes what options you'll have next time. Some technologies have prerequisites. Some technologies you can take just by themselves. You can mix and match technologies. There is so much that you can do here. It's amazing. It's so much fun just pouring over the possible technology tree and trying to decide, how do I want my race stand up? How do I want my ship stand up? How do I want my game to play? These are the two things that just make me love this game so much. And if either of those sound fantastic to you, and they have to, because let's face it, they are definitely the most amazing part of the game, then I highly recommend that you pick up and play a game of Twilight Imperium. All right, that's it for me today. Thanks again, Woke Twilight Imperium, and I will see you again for one more of these little snippets. Thanks a lot. Have a great day, everybody. You are listening to Of Dyson Men on Friday Night Games, talking about the best game ever in Last Game Standing. Oh. Is it Last Game? Space Edition. It is. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Space Edition. Um, <laughs> and we're talking about the greatest game ever to hit the table and also the greatest space game by that Battlestar Galactica. And what we want to tell you about today is uh, some of the mechanics that blew our minds. Chad, mm-hmm. when you started? There are so many mechanics in this game that are just a perfect pairing with the theme of the game, but some of the ones that kind of blew my mind playing the game for the first time and every time since is the crisis mechanic. We'll, we'll start with that. So at the end of every player's turn, there's a crisis check. You you flip over this card and it tells you something terrible that's happening on, on board the Battlestar Galactica. Maybe you have a water shortage or there's a, a riot going on in the prison section of the ship. And then all the players are asked to contribute. So everyone has skill cards. Uh, there's a certain, there's five different colors of skill cards, but there's certain colors that will help the crisis, and there's certain colors that will not help the crisis. And they have numbers zero through six on them. Uh, and then everyone gets to contribute however many cards they want out of their hand. And it's even that is a difficult choice because the cards are action cards as well. They're all multi-purpose cards. So if you play them for the skill check, that's great. But then you don't have the card on your turn, right? So you all kind of secretly face down, put all these cards. Once everyone's decided whether they're contributing cards or not, you shuffle them all together. You also add two random cards from the Destiny deck. So it still sees that little bit of variants in there, so you can't be 100% sure of who put what colors in there. Uh, you shuffle them together, you count them out, and you see if you pass the crisis check or not. And all of those little bits, like the Destiny deck, the fact that everything's shuffled together and there's certain colors that can or can't contribute, all of those things give you a lot of little opportunities as the hidden trader to influence the decision, try to sabotage things without obviously revealing, as long as you're paying attention, um, that you are the Cylon, right? It gives it's, it's one of several points in the game where it gives you that opportunity to sneak sneak a few jabs in without having to to blow your cover. And the game itself might so mistrust just by the Destiny right. deck adding uh, negative cards. And then you're wondering who put it in. The, the odds of the Destiny deck getting that in there are low. So yeah. <laughs> exactly. Very cool mechanic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Ryan, what's what's one of your favorite mechanics from the game? Before I go on, I want to thank Adam for channeling Jack Black in School of Rock when he said blew your mind in the introduction. But the formalized betrayal in the game, I, I really appreciated because 
even going back to a kid playing risk, I loved betraying people. And I just, you know, whether it was, always, yeah, whether it was worth my time or was a smart strategy or not, I just enjoyed the betrayal. Now it's actually a strategic element of a game. There's a formalized process for conducting that betrayal. The game is encouraging you to betray people. And I absolutely love that when I played this game for the first time. It it's a mechanic, right? Like it's something you have to do as a Cylon, or at least there's an opportunity, opportune time to do it, right? Yeah, which, which brings up a good point, though, that if you are playing Battlestar Galactica the, for the first time, and I imagine many, many, many people will run out and try to find themselves a secondhand copy because it's out of print so that they can play it after our recommendation. But if you are playing for the first time and you can't remember what that formalized process is for revealing yourself as a Cylon, just go with it. Don't ask to be seen. The Hey, can I look at the rule book? Because that's a dead <laughs> kind of a Cylon. Oh, yeah. Okay. That being said, let me tell you about one of my favorite mechanics of the game is okay yes it is a hidden trader game and you do don't you know you don't ask for the rule book because you know, you're pretty much showing that you're you're a cylon but when you do reveal as a cylon your game's not over this is uh, there's actually a whole little board you go to you kind of get your guy over you have a bunch more actions you you get dealt a super crisis which you can play on the on the players that are left over uh, when you think it's like most appropriate when it's going to do the most damage and you get to like have all these like every turn you get actions as a Cylon now because you're not you're not out of the game your game has just changed and so it doesn't you know you may want to be having a lot of fun because it definitely fits with the theme to to stay hidden as a Cylon for so long but once you're revealed it's not so bad it's not so bad at all so that is a fantastic mechanic. And piggybacking on that a little bit. So at the beginning of the game, you get a loyalty card, and that tells you whether you're a human player or a Cylon player. Of course, it's secret. You don't show anyone until you choose to reveal. But the big differentiator in this game, and why I think it's so memorable when it comes to the hidden trader genre, is the fact that there's a mid-game sleeper agent phase. So at about the halfway point of the game, you will be dealt an additional loyalty card. So you might have been human for the first hour but now you're not anymore, which adds so many layers to it. Cause now if you start the game as a human, you don't necessarily want the ship to do well because you might be a bad guy in the second half of the game. So you have to bring that into decisions and then people you've trusted for the last hour, hour and a half, all of a sudden you're not sure anymore. And it, it just throws a big wrench into like, it's a longer game, right? When the, a lot of those longer games start to kind of hit that wall and that, that slow spot, it injects the sleep rage in phase and everything's, everything's fresh again. Yeah, it's a fantastic point. Another mechanic that I really love is sort of like the countdown clocks in the game. And they're very unpredictable in a lot of ways because there's four different resource dials that uh, there's the food, fuel, morale, and population. There's damage to the ship that can end the game or the humans can lose if they're not able to make enough jumps, hyperspace jumps or FTL jumps in time. So there's lots of different ways that the Cylons can win. And the humans are trying to juggle all those resources that are getting more and more precarious and like, oh my God, we have three morale, but we only have two population. We can take two losses to this or one loss to this and it's just so tense especially as the mm-hmm. game gets late because you're you're on the precipice of disaster in so many different areas that you're just trying to like stamp out fires and i love that about this game mm-hmm. and, and and let me throw one more in at least is exactly that what you were talking about last the faster than light jumps which are, uh, they, as mentioned before, they add so much drama to the game because you'll be overwhelmed with bad guys oh they're getting you but you made the jump boom Take all the bad guys off the board. You get a breather. You know they're coming for you, though. You know they're going to start blipping right back in right after you. But you get a little breather moment. But better than that, even, is you have so many jumps you have to get to, like, win the game, to escape, to, you know, get get to wherever you we're getting to. But the whoever is the admiral has the role of admiral at the time gets to draw two cards. Look at them both. 
and put one away. <laughs> and you're like, what? What? What was that one? Because <laughs> that person could be a Cylon. So are they slowing you down? Are they like giving up valuable resources that you could have got from these planets? What was the other one? And it just sows even more content. And it adds this like, oh, there's this one moment that is just crucial. And we just hope he's not a Cylon. And I think the jump mechanic just adds so much excitement and drama to the game. So, yeah. I think I think all of those are fantastic. I think clearly it is the best game, best space game ever. Agreed. All right. So, yeah, I, I can't believe Space Team didn't make it this far, right, everyone? Yeah, I, I'm a bit mind-boggled. <laughs> can't even I was talk. like, if, if Rudy sprained his MCL the first time he stepped on the field, that was Space Team, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to cheer for Rudy, but he was gone three minutes into the movie, so... Yeah. Right. It, like a real, it, it real really twist. so like we mentioned just before playing all the everyone's responses, Space Team didn't even make it past like the first time. I don't think I don't even think we were gonna vote it for I think we were gonna vote it off, actually, but yeah. you just decided that you wanted to win. But I'm like, we're there's no way we should just vote our own <laughs> game off first episode because I think every most mostly everyone else did. I mean, the the, the caliber of games that Space Team is going up against. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> this is Castles of Tuscany all over again. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but I do want to thank you for bringing that game to a wider audience and bringing attention to it because I like seeing Tim Hutchings get some attention, and it sounds like a kind of a cool game. So I'm going to be looking it up. Maybe it doesn't go up against the Behemoths. Yeah, it's great to, great for it to get a shot out like that yeah. honestly i i backed it on kickstarter and since i got my copy and the the kickstarter road for the game was extremely bumpy there was lawyers involved and everything it has a, it has a storied past but since i've got it and brought it to game nights it's been requested almost every like large gathering of people since we've had it and i'd like to thank you guys for you know choosing a game that was so easy to vote off so hey. you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome i i i enjoyed it just because i recommend it to everyone as a light game yeah. All, all my friends who are, in, you know, whenever someone's like, oh, I'm into board games, I'm like, well, I have a recommendation for you because I know I'm not going to recommend Nemesis or Eclipse or Battlestar Galactica because no one wants to read that much instruction booklet when they just got into <laughs> board games, right? Yeah. So we're going to vote off a game and me and John will start. So we changed the rules from our last season. So me and John are going to have to come up with a decision live. So this is going to be pretty tough. Yeah. Okay, John. So what game do you want to vote off? I think I'm going to go with Nemesis. Whoa. You really? Today, yes. Really? Yes. I'm I'm going to, I was going to say Battlestar Galactica, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm Dyson, man. I know you're on our podcast today. <laughs> so the, re the reason why I'm going to let Battlestar Galactica slide for this one mm -hmm. is I like I like the the part of the game where like stuff happens to the ship and like the ship gets damaged and stuff like that in an attack. I think that's a really cool thing. And like I haven't played Battlestar Galactica, but we've played Unfathomable. And I really like that part of the game where like you don't you know, you're something's gonna happen to the the board mm -hmm. during the game and it's you have to really try to manage that. And then once the traitor gets sh like shout out there when the well, trade when the trader well, trader reveals himself yeah, the yeah. trader reveals himself basically which which is a good mechanic because the trader gets even more powerful exactly when they do so i think i think that's kind of what set it apart from nemesis what i like about nemesis trader thing is that you know how you played it you chose to be helpful yeah but i mean at the end of the day playing nemesis just felt like i felt like i, I would rather watch as much as i liked nemesis mm -hmm. I feel like we didn't we didn't get to play the game as as when we played it we didn't get to play it to its full extent 
and I think that's always going to be an impossible feat. Yeah. Okay. So if you put it that way, I, I can agree with you. You play like one playthrough of Nemesis, you're never going to understand it right. to what it could be. I almost feel like you need to play it like 20, 30 times. Yeah. Nah, that's probably a lot, but maybe like 10 yeah. or something. Battlestar Galactica, we played once, and not that it was easy enough to get, but you kind of got the flow of the game. Actually, we play it twice. But once you understand like how it flows and that, oh, if you're the traitor, you should hold back, it kind of gets, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, especially when you have to try and convince other people you're not the traitor. Yeah, I did a terrible job at that. Oh, well, we knew right away. <laughs> Me and Novi knew right away. But for Nemesis, I feel like you could be a traitor, but you don't, you can go back on it like you yeah. could be like oh i'll help you guys fight these aliens because none of us are gonna win anyway right so you know so i kind of get what you're saying and and yeah I, okay okay fine we'll interfere with this conversation at all yeah go ahead because yeah. i want to add just one more thing because <laughs> do i played nemesis and we played nemesis and, and it came became very apparent that in nemesis you can have one player like jumping in an escape pod pot off and then they have nothing to do and they have to go clean the kitchen for the rest of the night because their game is over and they yeah. just have to wait for everybody else to fight aliens and have fun did that um, actually happen when you guys played the good thing is once i was finished cleaning up the kitchen i was able to uh start <laughs> prepping for the next game that we're gonna play after nemesis so you know it's, it's not all bad <laughs> wait hold on right don't you want nemesis to be voted off because i i'm trying to get john to vote yeah. for Battlestar Galactica. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't want to spoil my, i don't want to spoil my uh, vote yet but there's a third option <laughs> <laughs> oh you're right there's there is there is uh twilight imperium 2.0 you're right there okay. is twilight imperium 2.0 yeah exactly i mean and i mean twilight imperium i know it's already gone but same same problem you can have somebody just you know killed off the start and now they have to sit there for six hours watching your else play but they're never going to win because they've just been hobbled right from the start this doesn't happen in battlestar galactica right this doesn't happen it just it's everybody gets to have fun and oh they discovered you're the traitor it doesn't matter you go to the other board you still start mashing stuff because everybody plays all the way to the end comparing it to eclipse let's just say you know if you're a big fan of abstract euro space combat maybe it's a little bit more exciting but i think it lacks a certain as the french say i don't know what but excitement, you know? <laughs> but hold on, but hold on, hold on. So everyone always comes to my house, and you're telling me that Eclipse and Nemesis, I can get out of the game easier and just go do other things? Like clean yeah, up. yeah, that's true. You can. You can <laughs> leave people in your house, heck, strangers, and just let them, you know, fool around with your stuff well, while you go do important and exciting things. They're not strangers. I've known these people all my lives, and I know they've no, robbed, and I know they robbed think me. you know them. I know they've robbed you. Do you really me. know them? I'd rob you. Yeah. <laughs> John's robbing yeah, I just right think, now. I just think actually, any yeah. vote against Battlestar Galactica is is just just ridiculous at this point. Well, let me just put it this way. I actually am going to vote. I'm actually going to take John's John into consideration this time. And yes, we will vote Nemesis off. And and I will say it's because uh, exactly what you're saying, that the game, once you become the traitor in Battlestar Galactica, it becomes another game for that player. And it yeah. doesn't really ruin. Well, it makes the game a lot harder, but it doesn't change the game the game is just ridiculously hard to begin with i mean you, i mean Battlestar galactica you could be a traitor and still try and help out the people too it's true. <laughs> you really wanted it's true it's so much more concrete of a of a thing right like if you're the traitor like if you look at nemesis you have the option right. and like you said you can be very wishy-washy with it you can decide halfway through like oh i feel bad for for adam because he's having such a hard time let's go help him shoot the queen in the face but that's <laughs> that's not the thing that you that you do in bsg you are committed to your role and yeah. and 
it, it carries throughout the the entire game. There's that neat little sleeper phase in the middle, which I think I mentioned is is one of our favorite mechanics there. Right, right. I actually really like that mechanic too. The fact that, well, I, I guess like. I, I kind of like it if people don't really know at the very beginning, because you could know, you could deal out, someone could get the Cylon at the very beginning right. of the game, which makes it a little more secretive, right? But we actually played one where we didn't know till halfway, and I thought that was a lot of fun, because we were mm. actually like helping each other trying to beat the aliens, and then all of a sudden, well, it, it was pretty obvious once John <laughs> was revealed as a Cylon, I'm like, oh, I know you're the Cylon because like Novi was actually putting in cards at one point. And you're like, oh, why are you putting an extra card, John? And you're like, to help us out. Mm, <laughs> yes. Surprise, right? I played other trader <laughs> games. I know what you're doing, but <laughs> I'm not a good liar. That's, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> okay, we'll go with Nemesis. Let's do it. All right. Okay, so success. So that's our vote. That's our vote. So how about the three of you? What is your vote to kick off? I, I think like. For myself, I don't want to make it sound like it's an easy call because Eclipse, especially if we're talking mechanically in this episode, is a very intricate, well-designed game that takes some Twilight Imperium, throws some through the ages in there. I really like the ship upgrades that you can do in that and make your own sort of like unique ships and, and, and go off on that because Twilight Imperium does lack of that a little bit. I do prefer Twilight Imperium as a game. I, I can't look at things separately where it's like now we're talking about theme and then now we're talking about mechanics. So I look at it as to what degree do the mechanics service the narrative and have a symbiotic relationship with the theme? Eclipse doesn't have that. You could all play as humans that are completely indistinct from each other. But Nemesis and Battlestar Galactica, those mechanics were chosen to help service the story that you all develop as a group of players. Not quite role-playing, I don't want to take it that far, but it's sort of like a step in that direction where at the end of it, you're kind of looking back and talking about those story beats and all the, all the things that happened. And here you're, you're reminiscing on what John did and how you guys discovered what who the Cylon was and how. Whereas at the end of a game of Eclipse, it's like, well, let's pack that up. Uh, you got 19 points and let's see, you got 17 points. And so it's it's a very well done, dry game. Whereas Nemesis and BSG are very well done thematic games. Mm -hmm. And therefore, that gets my preference, even mechanically speaking. I don't know if I add anything to that. Eclipse is just really fancy Excel spreadsheets in space. <laughs> I, I was going to save that for on Mars, but that's not in the running anymore. But that, like, that's that's the next step, right? Like there, there are a lot of really, it is a super fancy Excel spreadsheet that does a lot of things great. But it's like it just happened. Space is a backdrop. Space isn't the narrative masterpiece that that it is in Nemesis and especially Battlestar Galactica. And just to add to the same point, it's kind of weird. Like both games that we're talking about here are, are are pale copies of something. So Nemesis is like a pale copy of Aliens. Like they clearly didn't get the license. And let's face <laughs> it, they made Eclipse to be like, hey. Twilight Imperium's really long. Can we make a shorter Twilight Imperium? And then they did that, right? And so it's Let's just make a like, four-hour game instead of an eight-hour game. Yeah, it's just watered-down versions of better somethings. Wait, right? wait. But what yes. about Battlestar Galactica? Isn't that just... Well, Battlestar Galactica is awesome! Wait. <laughs> it's a watered-down version of the 70s show, in which case I totally 100% agree. Oh, okay, the 70s okay. show is way better in every step. Oh, that's just not true, and I'm sorry for saying <laughs> But yeah, Battlestar Galactica, uh, to Ryan's point, really does a fantastic job. And, and a lot of the Fantasy Flight games are kind of around this era of, of their release. Does do amazing jobs of taking these really cool themes and then marrying mechanics to them almost perfectly. Like the sleeper phase reveal matches up with, with the BSG theme so, so well, especially the newer show. And a lot of the things like the crisis checks and how people can contribute cards and stuff like that. It's just 
but perfectly executed mechanics to enhance that theme to to really make you feel like you're you're having that space adventure you're in this semi-cooperative environment where you want things to succeed but maybe not and and you can't quite trust the people it is all of that's just enforced and enhanced by the mechanics of the game and we're i guess we're not trying to sell you on how good battlestar galactica are <laughs> we are trying to pick how bad either eclipse or hold on, hold on. do the three of you work for fantasy flight games that's that's what i'm getting out of this <laughs> if we're going to coast to the finals which i'm pretty sure we're going to with bsg oh, i also want to point out that you know because i mentioned that nemesis is and and bsg i'm preferring both to eclipse but the one thing I find about comp when comparing Nemesis to BSG is that when we played Nemesis the other day, Adam, we were constantly opening that rule book and referring to things and having to look up what different dice face mean and what what the the token means when you pull it out of the bag. Okay, let's go back and refer to what this means. Even still late in the game, we we're getting some rules a little bit wrong. But with BSG, it's a pretty smooth ride. It's very intuitive to play. So when you were saying earlier that that's not a game that you would bring on new players, depending on the player, if, if someone was sort of into the theme, I would totally bring out uh, Battlestar Galactica with a, with a new player. Oh, for sure. If they're into the theme, I would totally bring it out. But I, I, still, think, I still think the learning curve is high for it. You know, uh, the, I would the argue cooperative that. thing adds to that too, though, right? Because you can sort of cooperatively play with them, but then you also have to caveat everything with, but you know, I could be a traitor and you, you might not right. want to listen to me. So make sure you, everybody's telling you the same thing. Right? <laughs> that said, I, I had Battlestar Galactica at a game weekend two weeks ago with my fancy overpriced map. And we had three new players on a six player game. They knew what was going on by the end of round one, because every single round, it's different for each player because you have different powers and stuff available to you in a different hand of cards. But every single round is movement, action, crisis, every single round. And that, that, that structure persists throughout the entire game, even if, even if you do end up revealing as a Cylon. So from that standpoint, I think it's a lot more approachable. Yeah, I, I will say, like, like it, there is a lot of rules. There is, but you're right. The, the flow of the game is actually pretty small. I can 100% agree with that. All right, let me delve into the, the idea of, like, which one should we vote off? Because that's what we're really talking about, right? <laughs> so I, I'm just going to let my emotions spill out onto the microphone, and then we'll see what, what, what comes of it. But I feel like Battlestar Galactica gets it right, right? Like, it's like, oh, we're trying to do this theme where it's in space and there's bad guys hunting you and you feel desperate and you're out of resources and you're trying to fight. And, but, oh, but there's also traitors that you don't, even, you don't know who to trust. It just nails that all. I would even say that Nemesis does a very good job of you're a band of strangers waking up on a ship. You don't know what to do. You're kind of like, oh, we, I, I sort of vaguely remember we got to get to the front of the ship to make sure we're going to the right place. Somebody should check the engines out. You know, let's just let's try not to get eaten by aliens while we're there. It does a really good job of that feeling. And especially with the like, you know, the Mr. Cooper where somebody's got the, you know, the objective to destroy the whole ship, make everyone else except you die. Okay, sure. You know, <laughs> or or have make sure you come back with at least one infected person. Like, that's just awesome. They nail that whole theme. But Eclipse is a fun little space point salad game where everything you kind of do is this will get you some points and this will get you some points. And, and and if you do that, that'll get you some points too. And, you know, at some point somebody discovers, hey, if I just make a missile launching battle star, I can mostly kill all the all the easy stuff. And then somebody else has to make a missile battle star killer ship. And anyway, it's just kind of meh. It doesn't feel... Like it nailed something, you know? It's just kind of, yeah, that's pretty good. It's got some amazing components. It's got some really cool stuff, but it just lacks. That's my feelings on the issue. Eclipse is like, as long as you take your turn, you'll get two to four points. Right, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's Eclipse, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's a little math game of maximizing your points as you 
try and take over the galaxy have you know imperial commerce or something like it's kind of there and yeah it exists but it just doesn't feel like it nails something like the other two do we'll say i, I think the next time you play eclipse we're gonna be like oh man this game's great why have we played this in years <laughs> self-defense that's what it is this is debate club it doesn't matter what we our actual opinions are we're gonna argue <laughs> to win <laughs> nice Okay, so what what game or it sounds like the three of you are voting off Eclipse. Is that it's Eclipse? <laughs> is that what's yeah. happening? Eclipse gets the boot. I think I I won think them over. Well, actually, <laughs> it's my charisma that I won them over with. That's... There we go. Or maybe it's my machismo. <laughs> All right, so let's tally the votes. There so we go. you guys are voting Eclipse. One second, I have to go into the room. I have the secret ballots from everybody. Even ah. John doesn't see Before them. Before he tallies Eclipse, you know the smarter thing would be to go with what they went with, which was Nemesis, because that like makes sure that we've got two. Oh, Nemesis. yeah. Never mind. We're not smart players. Late. It's go too with late. Our, Go with our guts. <laughs> <laughs> we need to game the system. That's what we should be yeah. doing. <laughs> we should have been gaming the system. We, we are board gamers who don't know how to game the system. What is wrong with us? <laughs> You guys have played games with me. You know, I'm, I don't That's play. That's true. Well. You're terrible at math. <laughs> yeah, the three of us ever win the games we play, though. We just like <laughs> tray each other. And we, we have a good time. Yes. We were the real winners. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing last weekend and I got the traitor and I was just terrible at it. I was oh, yeah. like, I don't, I don't know how to do this properly. I don't want to. I don't want to feel like. Do, this. <laughs> do you have a poker face? Because that's it's hard to play as a Cylon without a poker face. Because the the first time someone asks you, "Are you a Cylon?" and that little crinkle at the side, because <laughs> that happens to me. So when I play games like the Resistance or Battlestar Galactica or all those types of games, I always try to put myself in the mindset of the traitor, whether I'm the traitor or not. Mm -hmm. Try and make it because I can't fake when I'm a traitor that I'm not he a traitor. Really but when I'm not a traitor, I can kind of fake being a traitor. Yeah, you so, really can't do that either. Actually, it's the meta. Like <laughs> if we play the game a thousand times, yeah. I'll, I'll win more than half using. We literally game. played once. We were playing, you know, the whatever that game is, the pure the resistance. The resistance, and somebody turned to you and said, "Are you a traitor?" And you were like. Yeah, I am. <laughs> just like, well, don't even say it like don't that. Even try. Went, yes, I am. But no, you had to do this like, yeah, I am. Like, oh, yeah, he really is. He just gave up. No, I was about to come up with a lie. And then I realized as I was opening my mouth, I've got nothing. And so if I, if I have nothing to say, then obviously I am. Anyway, so at that point, I'm just going to. You're the worst. You're the worst human being I know. I was trying to say that. Thank you for confirming it. Okay. All right. So I went and got the votes. Everyone, everyone ready to continue? We're good. Yes. We're good. Okay, ready. here we go. Okay, so I tallied up the votes, and so Friday Night Games, me and John voted for against, or sorry, we voted against Nemesis of Dyson Men. You three voted against Eclipse. Meeple Dungeon voted against Battlestar Galactica. Oh, Meeple Dungeon, come on! <laughs> I'm going to have a word with those guys. Definitely another board game podcast voted for, sorry, voted, wanted to vote off Nemesis. So there you go. There's two for Nemesis, two for Battlestar, or sorry, one for Battlestar Galactica. And then Meeple Mentor voted for Battlestar Galactica. <gasps> what? Why didn't we vote Nemesis at him? You were right. We, we, we really should have. Who are those people all. anyway? So, so there's why, a tie. They have taste? So there's a tie right now. So so right now, Nemesis and Battlestar Galactica are tied with votes. So that means mm. that according to our rules that we made, we had to consult the fans. So the fans actually chose, the fans actually did a poll. And now they decided what will be voted off. So thank you, listeners, and anyone who contributed to that. I hope you're listening to this show. And we're kicking off. I'm sorry, guys. Battlestar Galactica's oh, gone. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> terrible. 
And you did a very good job of selling it a minute ago, too. So I feel really bad. But... See, I'm going to listen each and every one of you, and I will hunt you down. I have a very particular set of skills. See, see, I was against Battlestar Galactica. You, I know you guys haven't heard the episodes yet, but, you know, because I was, I was harping on that they, that Fantasy Flight lost the license. And they had sure. to, and they had to reskin the game. That was my that was my thing. But this one, this this episode, I was like, yeah, this is actually like the better game for me in the long run. You three convinced John that this game is amazing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and now it gets voted off. It is. <laughs> everyone's everyone's gonna listen to this and they're gonna say, oh man, we we messed up big. Yeah, they're we gonna they're gonna. Uh, I hope so. That I mean, the listeners made that decision. So yeah, yeah, yeah we we it's their fault. I did a, I did an Instagram <laughs> post to to decide the tiebreaker uh, I, you know if other podcasts want to strategically vote against us because we're the strongest team that's fine that's right like, I, I like that. that's, that's but when the play, listeners don't play. agree with us oh my god oh. adam <laughs> adam is going to find all five of you and yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, yeah. Accurate. that's uh, accurate all three of them even all you three of them. person which which is probably like john it's just john hitting the button <laughs> i didn't i didn't vote for a single thing oh uh, that sucks yeah, I mean, well, you... I am going to say this. It was hard for me to keep a straight face the whole time because obviously Twilight Imperium is the superior game and is definitely yeah. the. I, I I can't say I put my whole heart into this Battlestar uh. Galactica thing anyway. Because <laughs> Twilight Imperium. We we our grapes, Adam. Our grapes. We we had a bit of a debate when we were picking a game for this. We were actually originally going to go with Space Alert, which is another fantastic space game. And Ti was out of the running because I don't like it. Okay. And you know we want we wanted to get consent, but. Adam, Adam and Ryan are 100% on Team TI. Yeah, are you Ryan? I know I am. Okay. Well, Greatest game right. ever made. Okay, cool. <laughs> I agree. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't agree, but... <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, TI is like the game that everyone is going to say, if you're going to play a space game, play that, because it's everything, right? So, but, but it doesn't fit the last game standing, because it's just like Canada Reads. It may be the best game ever, but, you know, there's flaws to it. There's other games that do better things in certain categories and eventually one doesn't get voted off. There you go. So you're the best of the rest, you know. (laughs) All right. So I guess (laughs) Palestar Galactica was eliminated. I'm sorry. Thanks for being on our show. That really powers the rest of the conversation. Now you expect us to stay around and talk about something else after breaking our hearts. We'll just talk about, I don't know, our feelings or something. (laughs) Okay. We can do that. All right, so right now you could stick around and listen to us talk to Of Dice and Men about a random topic that I don't even know what we're going to talk about, so it'll be pretty fun. Or you could tune in next week where we decide the winner or the not the worst game between Eclipse and Nemesis. I'm just going to put oh. this out there. You could stick around, listen, and wait till next week and, and find out who the winner is. You don't have there to choose. Go. It's one or the other. You no, choose. choose. It's, it's, choose. It's not a choice. <laughs> That's what I if do. Nemesis doesn't win, if Nemesis doesn't win, I'm going to be upset. Eclipse is a good game, but it's not. It's not. A there good were two votes against game. Nemesis already. I know, but when it comes down to the, oh, yeah. Actually, well, I one love of them was games, you guys. So I, no, no, what I'm, of no, one of them was us. Sorry, yeah. one of them was us. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. So everybody <laughs> still able to to make sway is is voting against Nemesis. This is not good. <laughs> Look, I must say Eclipse that the the last episode always has the funniest like clips of everybody because they're right. always trash talking everyone's game so i think it'll be real fun to sway anyone on that yeah. last episode it'll be good because and also if you listen to it you will hear everyone talk about every game 
and everyone's probably going to be mentioning on Mars, which is not in there. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we trash talk that game too. Kevin should just add it and be like, space team. <laughs> oh, good call. Yeah, Kevin, keep keep this conversation in this podcast, but definitely put that in next podcast. <laughs> so if you stuck around, you you're, you're going to be excited to hear Kevin say space team. There you go. <laughs> Nice. All right. All right. So let's do it. Let's uh what was the topic you guys wanted to chat about? So something something I wanted to bring up because both Adam and Ryan and myself have done it recently is just board game weekends. Adam Adam does a big one every year for to celebrate the his birth. I did one recently continued just because it's to be more continued survival. <laughs> the fact that he's still alive is every like revolution around the sun is a miracle. Continued survival. I like that. I always say uh thank your mom day because your mom really had to put up with you for nine months of you you know bursting through beating yeah. away at her at the uterus wall trying to get out yeah right. he's been yeah. putting up with you for 45 years not the uterine wall thing but like the <laughs> I was probably the easy part for that though. my mom's drugs wore off so I was a pain in the ass from day one oh that's oh. <laughs> that's rough <laughs> Yeah, and I, I got a chance to do one with my friends uh, the weekend before. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make Adams because family obligations. But yeah, just just board game. Have have you guys kind of made yourselves unavailable to the rest of life for twenty four to forty eight hours just in a game? I have a pretty good story. So for the last two years, I, I've been trying. I'm going to put trying in there and emphasize that to host what I like to call MatCon, which is on also my day of survival, birth birthing survival. <laughs> I tried to do the exact same thing. I lined up a bunch of games. I told everyone to come and I'm like, hey, show up. But unfortunately, no one cares enough to show up <laughs> on my birthday. So everyone just wants to do what they want to do. So they show up at whatever times they want and they, they leave and the con never really happens. So yeah. we play one game. We usually play one game. Uh, every year but we never gotten through what i what i wanted to do in like a full set yeah i liked when we were doing D &D or we were playing pathfinder or whatever but then we we switched it up one day to play firefly and that ended up being kind of like an all-day event so that that that's kind of the most i think we've done as a group is like a, a one one day not a full weekend yeah, I, I think the trick is and, and the reason why it's been so successful for the ones i've organized in the past is you have to leave you can't do it at your house or where you're like accessible yeah. to people that might bother you or where it's convenient for people to come and go. So uh, my friends don't realize this, but I find a remote cabin like hours away <laughs> to make sure that I can't escape playing my board game collection. Uh, <laughs> I think it that. helps quite a bit though. Is this, is this really playing board games or is there one person who doesn't make it out alive? Misery-esque kind of thing. You hobble surviving them, you the game. them there. Yeah. If, you, if you break their ankles, they can't leave. Yeah. You can have your MatCon for as long as you want. Oh, yeah. good, good and call, you... Ryan. I'm going to try that next time. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't feed them unless they try and do well so that they actually really try. <laughs> and that's what we did. We would, we would play Pathfinder. We would go to the States where our, our friend lived, and he would host it at his house. And that was almost an all-day thing. It would almost start, it started day, at like 4, yeah. and it would go to 1 in the morning. So yeah. it was quite a long time. That was a super run. fun weekend and how like long of a stretch of time this is that we dedicate to that once a year yeah well i was about to say i've always found that one day is just not enough like one day basically gets you like 
a good game of Twilight Imperium and maybe one other game sometimes. And because Twilight Imperium is great, we want to play it every year. So we've been trying to stretch these out. And like on my 40th birthday, I think it was, we did like three full days and like a tiny little bit of Sunday wow. too. And I think lately we've been doing, trying to go for that three day thing. So we'll take Fridays off and we'll, you know, try and start, get together Thursday night and like just go to a pub so we can get all that like socializing out of the way so that we can start like Friday morning right in with some board gaming. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. just get right in there. And then we just do like Friday and Saturday. And, you know, sometimes we do a little Sunday too, which is great. And then I think the real key is to not schedule. See, and, and people think, oh, no, no, schedule is a good idea. Scheduling never works on these things it's like okay no. well at 10 o'clock we'll have these people come over and then we'll start a you know an eight player game but you know then we've got this six player and we'll try and break it into a four player no don't do any of that just invite like a good amount like five or six people and and, and people who will show by the way right. if you you know if, if you don't have good friends that's sad but people who will show <laughs> and and just play with them and play like good games good long games until they're done and then play something else and if you need you know i brought like the oculus quest like hey one person has to sit out for a while or they have to do the dishes like ryan did or something they've got something to do while they wait for the rest of the game but otherwise everyone's just focused on this game one at a time until it's done then pick up the next game and play yeah. honestly um, i think that's better than trying to schedule i, I don't think you have to schedule to the games but i think you do have to make it so it's not just a drop in and drop out too yeah. much and that's like yeah. chad's advice of, of renting a cabin and making people go out into the woods with you is a little strange because what we would do <laughs> is just go to adams who lived in another city because adam would get a lot of his um childhood friends from saskatoon and me to go from saskatoon to regina and we would end up uh it would be like adult boy slumber party weekend kind of thing where we'd all <laughs> it, crash. It sounds Adam's... sexier when you say that. But no, no, it wasn't adult boy slumber party. It was just it's more like drunk just and, a bunch of guys drunk playing board, board game playing. That's the real. Yeah, yeah. That's that's closer to it. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, but Matt and I have actually talked about it recently of trying to organize a board game weekend where we actually i think twilight imperium was kind of like the game because we him and i haven't played it so it's kind of one of those weekends where we want to do that and actually just play that game to its full extent but i really i really like the tips i kind of like adam you're saying hey everyone go have a social night on the first day i think that's a great idea and then the next and then the next morning you just start it i think that's like a great yeah because people you want to, you know, you haven't seen each other for a long time. You want to chat. You want to do stuff. Get that out of the way so that we can focus on <laughs> You know what? I actually, I actually think that's why Matt Con failed because they're coming to visit me for my birthday. I mean, right. I may have yeah. not have seen them in a long time. And I'm like, okay, can you just sit down and play this game? I'm like going crazy. But, <laughs> but really, they're, they're there for me. That's nice of them. They should do what you want to do, though. Like, if they were Chad, really there for Adam, you, they'd be willing to sit down and. <laughs> sure. Chad well, has board game birthdays, and 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 I went went to one of them, and it was a lot of people. But it was like we ha we had to basically resort to party games because there's a lot of people who don't normally play games too. A lot of people right. who just you know significant others of other people that they brought kind of thing, and so it's just not the same. It's just not the same yeah. as a dedicated like. This yeah. is a board game weekend. And, and Twilight Imperium, like you said, you, you got to plan a day for it. You can't just be like, hey, you guys want to come over after work and play Twilight Imperium? No, nah, it's got to be a whole day. I, yeah. I will admit, like, MatCon does end lightly at night. We usually end up playing Werewolf. So, like, right. dinner, yeah. I, we figure out dinner, and then Werewolf happens later on. So people aren't, you know, it's more of a social aspect at night. Yeah. But I, something did pop up in my head. I would actually recommend going to a convention because you lose right. all yeah. the distractions. Well, when I went to Gen Con, and this is like two years ago now, 2019, we went and we, they had like a board game library. We were able to sit there for five hours actually playing through two games. Played Catan, 
Game of Thrones edition, which we wouldn't buy because everyone owns Catan, but the Game of Thrones edition was awesome. And we played Jurassic Park. And it was just like, it was like, that was our favorite moment because we just kind of like blocked everything out. We were there and we had fun playing that. Unfortunately, conventions ended at the end of 2019. So... That's <laughs> yeah, so a little a little bit harder to get to those nowadays. Right. right. You live in Ontario. You're in like a hub of social activity and commercial uh, different enterprises. We live in Saskatchewan <laughs> and you got to travel like... 13 hours in any direction to find a convention, probably. <laughs> so. Adam's Adam's birthday is the convention. That's like the biggest <laughs> board game event that happens here, basically. But but we did do, like, before this whole, you know, global pandemic thing happened, we did do a 24-hour charity board gaming event, which yep. is great because, you know, you try and play for 24-hour marathon straight. And we would always, actually, we do this all the time. We'd always overestimate how much we can play. We'd be like, oh, we'll play this game and this game and this game, and you get, like, six games in, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's not nearly yeah. as long. 24 hours isn't nearially as long as you think it is, especially yeah. when you get really tired at the end. We do that same thing with, like, Super Fun Weekend. We bring, like, 20 games and play five of them. So <laughs> I think that that speaks to what you said about scheduling though because if you go into one of those things unless you're doing a specific day like a ti day a twilight imperium day or i have a friend that's been wanting to play advanced civilization for years it's the old 1980s game he has a lot of fond memories of it but you have to set aside eight hours so either you're doing that that is the event or you don't make a schedule because i've i've done these in the past with people who are like i really want to get battlestar galactica to the table and it doesn't happen we still have fun, but it's always like at the back of my mind thinking, oh, I really want to table this, but no one wants to play it. But I really want to focus on this. And you kind of get distracted and a little disheartened if, if you're not getting your favorite game to the table. But it's it's better to go into those things just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to bring a stack of games. Uh, whatever people want to grab off, off the table is fine. Yeah, what's been good with our game nights, Matt and I have decided that, you know, we're just going to really focus on playing games multiple times before we move on to another one. So... You know, we've been playing, you know, Unfathomable, which is Battlestar Galactica. Galactica, past like month and Gloomhaven and Jaws of the Lion. So it's been really fun to get through those games that, you know, when we were playing a different game every week, we would we would play a game we really like it, but then we never play it again. Yeah, I have a ton of games I love, but I've never we'll we'll never get them out again. Yeah, <laughs> like so, Root, yeah. Like we played, I loved it, but we only like as a group we played it once. I played a ton solo, but you know, I would love to play that actually like couple months straight you yeah, know let's do it. yeah and that's a it's, good one to play many many times with the right. same people again yeah yeah exactly and it's only it's it's one of the curses of content creation too though right like we always want to talk about some of the newer games and whatnot so we're a little bit more incentivized to get those to the table and and play them some the first of us want to talk about uh, last night on earth again and again <laughs> and again <laughs> unless you're unless you're adam and you're stuck in the early 2000s as, as far as game releases go. But yeah, but, Adam, uh, Adam is on a podcast due to enthusiasm more than experience because he never gets <laughs> to play games because he's so busy. But he just loves thinking back to those days 10 years ago when he was playing. So <laughs> a few dated references sometimes on our podcast. A few dated like references and TI4. That's that's me in a nutshell. Basically. It's, it's that like one or two episodes after your birthday every year where you really get to shine because you've actually Oh yeah, I'm talking about all these games are played. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, so we just had Adam's Super Fun Weekend this past weekend. Oh, and... happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Hey, thanks. It was actually like a long time ago, but thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> it's out the weekend, weekend. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we were going to play Battlestar Galactica. That was the plan. We ended up playing Nemesis and Twilight Imperium 4 <laughs> instead. <laughs> I did not want to bring that up during the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, but then we're gone now. It doesn't matter anymore. Oh, yeah. Nothing <laughs> matters anymore. That's hilarious. Which one did you like better? You could say it now. 
<laughs> like better between Twilight Imperium and Nemesis? Yeah. Well, Twilight Imperium. Twilight Imperium, like not to be coy, <laughs> Twilight Imperium 4 is the best board game ever created. Like <laughs> the only downside to it is that it's hard to get to the table because it takes so long and you have and it's such a big game that you can't really like introduce non-gamers to it. They're like, "What?" Like there's just so much going on. But it is it is just the best. There's just nothing better than Twilight Imperium 4. I would argue that comparison's a little. I, I know you would. Apple and oranges. I can see, I can see whose favorite is whose right now. Uh. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ryan's just like, yeah, I love getting out early on both games. I could go clean the house. And... <laughs> but Nemesis was such a great moment when I did have to go clean the house because I was the example that went to the escape pod because my goal was to take an infected egg back to Earth or it matter back to Earth. I just needed an infected egg researched. And so at Escape Pod, someone had already randomly activated one for no reason earlier in the game. Uh, someone else is about to go research this egg. So I was just like, all right, I'm just going to kind of casually make, make my way to the Escape Pods. And then I disabled the ability to activate or not disactivate, deactivate them and then put doors all around the space. So I just sort of casually got on the Escape Pod while everyone was else. <laughs> but then after that, you're right, Adam. I was just like, oh, but now I got to watch for two and a half hours. That right. was... Should have stuck around just for that reason. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit harsh, but I'm sure Ryan was like, oh, there's a way to end this game early. Okay, I'll go do that. <laughs> I'm just lucky I was in my own house because then I could yeah, go right. in the kitchen or something like that. Like if we were playing at your house, Adam, I would have just been, I guess, on your Oculus. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> and that's what happened when we played Firefly. Right. Uh, because we played Firefly with every single expansion, and there was like and what ten nine, people, ten ten people playing the game, so it was like an oh, hour be- not... hour between turns. It was, it was a bad idea. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> the Oculus got played a lot that night. Yeah, I think right. I well, think that got played more than the actual board game. I think people just gave up. Yeah. They enjoyed the pizza. Like maybe everyone's turn was like twenty minutes, and then they're just like, okay, after like two rounds, no one wanted to play it ever again. Yeah. yeah. Must have had like a lineup of five people waiting to look at the cards in the stores when they were buying. (laughs) Well, I I think that's what took the longest part is that people were just doing other things and they come down and like, okay, I got to look at what I need to do. And I was the rules guy. So I literally have to sit there and like tell them what they do every single round. And it was just, it just was not fun for me. It was not fun for them. We we learned from our mistake. Yeah. We We just never played Firefly. We were noobs. We were beginners. Very good. Two or three player game. I played two or three players. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it. Heard, I've heard it shines at two or three players, but yeah. don't do nine. <laughs> One oh thing we we didn't talk about is like it's actually nice to break up the long like super games like Twilight Imperium and the Nemesis that take hours and hours with like like break it up with like some short ten minute games yeah, or whatever in between team. you know like yeah a, yeah break it up with space team space in there. Is yeah, that's, great one. that's why space team is the best game because you can break up all the other games with it you know. <laughs> We did exactly that at, at the weekend I was at where uh, we played Puerto Rico and then we play We're Doomed for you know, two or three 10-minute rounds of that and then we go into yeah, Power exactly. Grid and then we played a quick card game after that or one of the Unlocked or something like that. But yeah, getting that alternate in there and it's also really nice, especially have more than one group playing, getting those small games in so people can sync up again if people want to play different games. And, yeah, and it becomes super important if you have more than one group playing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, Adam. We didn't do that. Well, we didn't do that. But yeah, we did. We've done that other super fun weekends, and we <laughs> did that at King Con all the time, right? We just played because the shortest game we played. I'm looking at the games that we played was Mind Management. Well, this Blood we Age. only played four games this last oh. <laughs> super fun weekend because <laughs> all we of them were eight-hour games. Good long games, just the way I liked it. But hey, yeah. Mind Management is a great game. 
Yeah, it is. It, it's a pretty cool game. I, I really liked it. I thought it was a neat little puzzle, but it didn't excite me. This is this is another one where it doesn't it didn't grab me that with that emotional attachment like Letters from Whitechapel does. Like I get I get tense when I'm like oh, trying yeah. to run away from the police in Letters from Whitechapel, or even yeah. like Fury of Dracula. We always bring up is like another one where it's like oh it's it's kind of scary and exciting. But mind management was like oh this is a very interesting little puzzle, but I'm not excited. <laughs> But it is a good puzzle. Well, it is have, a good puzzle. You have to keep opening up the other puzzles, right, to make it more exciting, I guess. So it makes. Sense. You haven't done that. Yeah, we we've kept. I think we've played it four or five times with our friend's copy, and I think maybe this last time he opened up a packet. Okay. So I don't really know what's in that folio in terms of all the different things you can open up to rebalance the game if one side has been winning. Yeah, it gets it gets really cool, and then they put a lot of like Easter eggs into it too, which is really yeah. neat. So if you're a big fan of the comics, which John is, that's actually the reason why John bought it, mm. like went all out on it too. Then it's even more exciting. So I guess if you have that attachment, it's where it becomes like, the game really shines. Yeah. I think I you might be right, because one of the things I was saying while playing it was, I, I wish I had more context, because I have never read any of the comic books, and I had no context, and I think if I did, it would be a, maybe a little more yeah. gripping. I felt like you, Adam, because it wasn't like as gripping to me, but John is, was all into it. He's like, he opens it up, he starts looking underneath everything and like studying the back of the box. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, there's secrets in here, Matt. I'm like, sure, dude. <laughs> sure there is. Well, the presentation of that game is, is so great, and uh, when I had first played it, I was taking some pictures on Twitter, and it take some of the designers and they were saying how none of it is recycled art like you've seen a lot of games based on ips and stuff like yeah. every drawing and everything in that game is net new content from from that graphic or from that graphic artist which is amazing yeah. and then yeah e even the little boxes that have their own little comics in them which is super cool yeah Lots of lots of new things going on there. Yeah, I think my favorite Easter egg in that game is when you flip it over the board over. It's like a comic book. Spoiler alert! Spo <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and then when you flip over the the hidden board on the back of that is also a comic book. But you put that on top of the comic book on the back, and it changes the ending of the four. Shut up. Uh, comic. Yeah, on, totally on, does. on the board yeah because you're playing the eraser right and then the eraser erases the ending on the comic on the back and it changes the ending it's awesome i just want to say i didn't even know there's comics on the back of those boards and i definitely yeah, yeah. took photos of everything so. <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's my favorite my favorite easter egg wow yeah, yeah. my management it's a great game mind management <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you guys so much for for coming on we really appreciate it and putting the work in to make this happen, last game standing happen. So we appreciate it. For sure. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us on us. and dashing our dreams. It was, uh, it was <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good to do it live so you could see the pain in our face. While <laughs> right. <you did> it. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you can let everyone know where to find you again, that'd be awesome. Brian, you can find us on Twitter at of underscore dice underscore and underscore men. And where else, Chad? That's our most active thing. Uh, we also have podcasts. Uh, you can just search of dice and men in your favorite podcatcher, and you'll likely find us there. Or at 91.3. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that, was a, that was a while ago. They might still be playing our episodes. That desperate for content. Right. <laughs> All right. If you like what you hear, don't forget to follow us on your favorite streaming platform or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Instagram at Friday Night Game underscore official, Twitter at Friday Night GMS, TikTok at Friday Night Games, and as always, our website at Friday Night Games. Again, I'm John. I'm Matt. It's Friday night, so let's have some fun. Thanks, everyone.